1: Cyberbit is offering Cyberwire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at Cyberbit.com/slash Cyberwire. Zealot uses Shadow Brokers exploits to install a Monero miner on victim systems. Bitfinex suffers another DDoS attack as Bitcoin valuations remain high. The Triton attack on industrial safety systems shows the risk of mixing control with safety. An exposed database of California voters is investigated. Tales will buy Gamalto. And are you suffering from a social media hangover? Try a little hair of the dog that bit you. I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, December 18, 2017. Researchers at F5 Networks report a Monero mining campaign, Zealot, which is exploiting the same Apache Struts vulnerability disclosed in March that was subsequently used to breach Equifax. It's also deploying Eternal Blue and Eternal Synergy exploits the shadow brokers leaked earlier this year, saying they were taken from NSA. According to F5's research blog, Zealot exploits not only the Apache Struts vulnerability, but also the.NET Nuke vulnerability disclosed back in June. The name Zealot comes from the zip file that holds the Python scripts expressing the Shadow Broker's exploits, which is itself named after a character in the StarCraft game. Zealot seems to be a multi-stage attack used in campaigns against both Windows and Linux systems. F5 calls the payload highly obfuscated and a sophisticated multi-staged attack with lateral movement capabilities. Unlike other campaigns that use tools the shadow brokers claim to have stolen from NSA, like NotPetya and WannaCry, Zealot is unusual in that it propagates within a network. It delivers its payload on internal networks through web application vulnerabilities. F5 doesn't offer an attribution, but they do say the sophistication they're seeing indicates that Zealot is being run by threat actors who are far more capable than the common run of bot herders. The point of the whole effort appears to be installation of mule malware that mines Monero cryptocurrency, much prized by criminals for its high degree of anonymity. What should you do about it? Patch the vulnerabilities being exploited. There are fixes available for all of them. Alternative currencies continue to receive other criminal attention. Cryptocurrency exchange Bitfinex sustained another large distributed denial of service campaign yesterday, piling on top of the one it suffered last Tuesday. Customers are unhappy that their ability to trade cryptocurrency is impeded, but the good news, such as it is, seems to be that at least their wallets aren't being emptied. The Lazarus Group, widely regarded as a threat actor controlled by the North Korean state, is continuing its pursuit of Bitcoin theft and fraud as a way of redressing the heavily sanctioned country's financial shortfalls. Some researchers report signs of a similar increase in Russian criminals' interests in the cryptocurrency. The alternative currency appears to be attractive in part because of the opportunities it presents for money laundering. Trading of Bitcoin futures on the CME, the largest futures exchange in the world, opened with Bitcoin priced at $20,650. By midday today, there had been a sell-off with Bitcoin trading at above $18,500. Most observers seem to think the fall-off represents a temporary blip. Certainly not a trend that will probably send criminals in pursuit of other bigger game. Security experts continue to mull the significance of the Triton hack, also called Trisis, that hit a Middle Eastern energy sector industrial plant last week. The attack is generally seen as particularly disturbing in that it was designed to manipulate industrial safety systems. Control Global's Unfettered blog has a number of interesting points to make. First, there are some noteworthy similarities to Stuxnet, in apparent goals and approach, not in code or attribution to any particular threat actor. Yet, Stuxnet happened seven years ago, and Triton still came as a surprise to many. Second, according to industrial control system security expert Joe Weiss, who blogs at Control Global, co-mingling control and safety systems results in a loss of safety. The plant Triton attacked escaped catastrophic damage because it was saved by its, quote, hardwired analog safety systems, end quote. Weiss offered this as a lesson learned from the Triton attack, quote, There are control system suppliers that provide integrated control and safety systems with no guidance to the end users about the mixing of control and safety. There should be no sharing of sensors, actuators, and or HMIs by safety and non-safety systems, or you have effectively lost safety, end quote. A database of the MongoDB variety of California voters was found exposed online and compromised by attackers late last week. The data appears to have been compiled by some third party, not the state of California, which says the state's systems and data are secure. California is investigating. After turning down an offer from ATOS last week, Gamalto has agreed to be acquired by TALIS for a reported sum of nearly $4.5 billion, with a B., Palace will roll its own recently reorganized digital business into Gamalto, with that combined business keeping the Gamalto name. The acquisition is said by the Financial Times to create a top-three digital security player. The purchase is expected to close in the second half of 2018. And finally, do you find yourself just passively consuming social media content click, scroll, 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 click, 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 like that? There's research out from several sources, including the University of California, San Diego, and Yale, that suggests social media may impair mental health. It seems that Facebook and so forth can lead to, as the Times of London puts it, depression, low self-esteem, and feelings of isolation, particularly among the young. Thus your tween child seems a dull dog. And why? because the kid down the block is Facebooking away from Disney World while your child is still stuck in Rosada or Nutley or Overland Park or Smethwick or wherever. And so your child might suffer low moods. Facebook has begun to engage with this research. The company's director of research commented, quote, In general, when people spend a lot of time passively consuming information, reading but not interacting with people, they report feeling worse afterward, end quote. But There's hope. Sure, maybe just reading Facebook may impair mental health, but you don't have to just read. That's for chumps anyway. You should post and talk more on... Wait for it. Facebook. So maybe take a little of the hair of the dog that bit you, friends. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Johannes Ulrich. He's from the Sands Technology Institute, and he's also the host of the ISC Stormcast podcast. Johannes, welcome back. Um, You know, when we have natural disasters uh, here in the United States, uh, FEMA comes in and they provide important assistance. But uh, sometimes the bad guys take advantage of that help.
0: Yes, and this is something that sort of came to my attention living in Jacksonville, Florida, which uh, was affected by some of these uh, recent storms. And apparently what's happening is there is all this information out there uh, from various data breaches, whether it's Equifax or or others, essentially include uh, your name, your address, your social security number, your phone number, and basic identifying information like this. Turns out that's all you need to file a claim with FEMA. So in the past, what we have seen, for example, after natural disasters, is simple donation scams where someone set up a website claiming to be a charity asking for donations. But uh, we don't really see that as much anymore. I think people got a little bit wiser about this and less likely going to fall for it. Also, law enforcement got pretty active in trying to shut down these sites. Uh, On the other hand, we have this flood of personal information that the bad guys now are trying to monetize. In the past, they have filed fake tax returns, for example. But what's new now is these FEMA claims. And essentially, you know, FEMA, the way it works is it's a little bit an honor system here. FEMA tries to get the money to the individuals as quickly as possible. Right. So quite often when you file a claim, you get the money before FEMA really has a chance to, to look at all the details. They give you the money and then follow up with you later, uh, whether or not this was fraudulent or not. And that's of course a real problem if someone files a claim on your behalf using your personal information without you ever being affected and filing a claim. Uh, So now this claim becomes fraudulent and you're the victim twice here. First of all, your personal information was stolen, uh, but now you also have to prove that you didn't file that claim.
1: And I suppose if, if uh, the bad folks uh, file a claim on your behalf before you do, and then you go to file a legitimate complaint, that'll get in the way of you getting the money that you
0: really need. Correct. Uh, that, for example, has happened with tax returns, where you file your tax return and the IRS tells you, hey, you already filed one, so uh, you can't you can't file two. Uh, That's a simple check they can do. And uh, similar things, of course, are going to happen with FEMA, where um, your r- legitimate claim is being held up because of the fraudulent claim. Also, of course, FEMA, on the other hand, uh, has to be more careful now. And I believe in particular in Puerto Rico, for example, that has caused delays in processing of claims because some of the information, the address or so, wasn't quite correct with what FEMA had uh, because they're trying now to be more careful. But that's the that's the real difficult balance they have to find uh, How quickly are they going to hand the money to people that really need it? And how careful are they going to be in actually checking these claims when they're submitted?
1: Yeah, it's a a real shame taking advantage of people uh, when they're at their worst and when they need help the most. Yeah. All right, Johannes Ulrich, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program?